Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by Sendit Philippines. Sendit is the leading payment gateway in the Philippines. Allow your business to accept payments seamlessly from cards, e-wallets, retail outlets, and local banks. For more information, visit sendit.co. Also powered by PDAX. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustlesharepdax. Also by Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE. Just need to think like a farmer. Have you ever seen a farmer who ate his seeds or seedlings? And then if you did not plant the seed, what will you harvest? So likewise in business, you just need to have the financial discipline to be able to set aside what's really for business and make sure that you need to reinvest the money to make it grow. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Share Podcast. Well, I've been trying to get this guy for the longest time. He's interviewed me twice on his radio show and his TV show. And I said, one day I will get him. Just like all the other superstars and experts in this country that have, again, graced the show. But finally, we got him today. Because we have the man himself, Mr. Chink Positive, Mr. Chinky Ten. Welcome to the show, Chinky. Hi, Ron. Yes, to all of your listener in Hustle Share. Yes, thank you very much for inviting me over. Yeah, and big fan. You, you, you're, you're a man that doesn't need as many introductions. But I'm going to ask you the million dollar question. Chinky, what's your hustle? My hustle, I teach people on how to become wealthy and debt-free, and I want to see every Filipino to become an Iponario. I want to see that uh, one day that uh, people will become debt-free, financially free, and that they don't have to worry about money. And not only that they will be worry-free, but they will become financially responsible. 
Because I always tell people, Ron, the problem is not uh, financial stability because once you pursue financial stability, no one can be stable in their financial life. Why? Correct. Because the more they make, the more they spend. Yes. So the goal in life is not to pursue financial stability, but the goal in life is to practice financial responsibility. Whatever you make, you make it work, you make it fit. Amen. And again, I have I'm gonna fanboy a bit because I'm gonna we're gonna talk in the lens of a startup founder because that's where that's who I represent in this 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 in this podcast and what that uh, community that I come into and financial responsibility is such a big thing because you're no longer just as a founder you're not no longer just in charge of your own expenses of course you have to make ends meet but you also are in charge of the expenses of your company and the lives of your people but before we get started and talk about all of that stuff i need you to buckle up because we're going to have to ride the hustle share time machine All right, because we, I want to understand your, uh, your, your origin story. Because I, I know of you. I'm a big uh, movie fan in my young, younger days. So I've seen you. Like I know this guy. You know, I'm, I'll carbon date you a little bit on this one. But uh, based on your website, again, you grew up in Tondo, Manila, with Chinese parentage and ku- the kuya of the three children. But walk me through how growing up like. Because I've always had Chinoy. Um, uh, guests here, and there's something about the Chinoy uh, upbringing that sticks to people who were brought up a certain way, and it's great for business. What was that like for you? Well, definitely, uh, being raised as a Filipino Chinese has really has great advantages, and nuts also so disadvantages. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I can still re- well remember when we were growing up, we were ingrained in this type of thinking. Uh, I want you to study well, so once you graduate, you will start your own business. So mm-hmm. we were really trained to think that uh, we can become entrepreneurs. That uh, inst- One thing that I can never forget that my mom told, asked me was this, do you really want to become successful? Do you really want to become wealthy? Definitely, my answer was yes. Mm-hmm. And then she told me, why will you make other people rich if you can make yourself rich? Wow. And- that thing really stuck into my mind. So that's the reason why uh, for over up to this very day, I have never been, I have never really passed a resume in my entire life. Not because that I don't believe in the spirit of employment, mm. uh, but I believe in a spirit of entrepreneurship that uh, I can create my own destiny and I can help fulfill my, mm. my dreams. So that's uh, that's the background of uh, a Filipino Chinese. I do believe majority of us think that way. Okay. Now, in terms of your early hustles, because that's also common in the Filipino Chinese upbringing, they're raised not to just you know have a good childhood away from the hustle of their parents. Majority of the time, they are forced into contributing early and getting those really nice uh, habits. Uh, at a very young age, especially in how to handle money, how to earn money. What was that like for you? Actually, uh, when we talk about hustle, it started from uh, when I was age 12 during that time. Wow. Why? Because my business, a father's business collapsed and for three years oh, no. he was so depressed. And during the time of depression, it was the hardest moments of our lives. I, could go, I can remember I can go to school. If I go to school, I don't have lunch money. I will go to the comfort oh, room. God. And open the faucet and drink as much water as I can. That will be my meal. And wow. I just, yes, Ron, I can still remember that I've experienced so much discrimination when I was young. Especially, uh, you belong to a school that there's certain group of people: the well-off, the middle yeah. class, and the poor. <laughs> yeah. And I belong to the lower, uh, the lower class. And mm-hmm. uh, every time when there's opportunity to participate in in uh, school part uh, activities, uh, you always feel that you're left out. Yeah. And especially, I can still well remember, I don't like really family reunions. Whenever mm-hmm. there are events and parties, it's always the people who uh, are well off. Are, they're the first one who can get who, who gets to eat and the yeah. one who has least are the last ones to eat. So, yeah. I told myself at a young age of 12, without unconsciously that I want really to become a millionaire before I reach the age of 35. 
So wow. that started my career in sales when I was age 12. I was selling toilet papers. Why? What? Because, yes, my mom was selling wholesale and I was selling retail. Wholesale nice. income goes to the family expense and retail income is my personal expense. Expense. Mm-hmm. And then during the time, I can still remember I was selling a lot because I was... Mm. I I wasn't shy and I wasn't really embarrassed of what I'm doing because it's a choice of survival is <laughs> or choice of being broke and poor. Mm. So whenever I make my sales speech, I will tell my classmate, friends, and principal, even my principal, uh, please try my toilet paper uh, because this is the softest toilet paper. It won't even scratch your butt. <laughs> <laughs> I love. <laughs> I love that you have sound effects. <laughs> it's yes, amazing. And, and to cut the long story short, uh, I was able to sell a lot. But one mm. of my most unforgettable moment was this. People I expect to buy are not buying. And people I least expect to support me were the ones who were supporting me. Especially uh, when I can still re- remember one relative when I was... Uh, asking if you, they want to reorder again, and they told mm. me uh, your toilet paper is not of good quality. It's it's uh, very uh, uh, rough. Uh, mm. <laughs> I was really offended because if you don't like what I'm selling, uh, you don't have to buy anymore. But but don't say anything just to put me uh, put my situation in a very bad manner or in a bad light. So because of that, I from toilet paper, I sold pants, I sold shoes, I sold shirts. To cut wow. the long story short, I've been in sales for over 45 years. Oh my 45. God. So if you know That's how crazy. to compute, uh, I started at 12. I'm 45, uh, in 45 years, I'm 57 as of right now. Wow. So all of my life, I was hustling, I was selling. And up to this very day, I still consider myself as, uh, as a salesperson. And I hit my first million. I can still remember when I was at mid-20s, 25 or 27. Wow. Yes. Uh, and it was really, uh, it was really uh, rewarding and fulfilling for me mm-hmm. because I was able to reach my dreams during that time. That's amazing. Now, you know, sales is, again, inevitable because you're, the, the amount of people that you're going to have FaceTime with, uh, inevitably, you're going to also expand your network. Right, and of course, sales also. No matter how good you are, no matter how talented you are, it's a trial and error business, right? There are gonna be days where you're gonna be. No matter how you think you have the, you have the best things, but if you're pitching the wrong leads, you know it will not convert, right? But again, as you build that network, that uh, that will eventually be a gift that keeps on giving. But on on your end, how did you initially build that network from again D, from DV selling wholesale to retail? Because inevitably you ended up in showbiz as well. How, walk me through that process of selling to making your first million, and how did you get to showbiz? Yeah, and during the time I was really hustling, mm-hmm. and I everything that I get my hands onto or to make some money, I I will do it, and I love to start new things, new ideas. And during the time, I was already producing concerts. Uh, that was in the early 80s, I think 84, 85, and 86. And uh, I also produced this uh, afternoon disco. We call it afternoon disco. And from afternoon disco, because most of the Filipino Chinese are not allowed to go out in the evening. So <laughs> we do it in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, we do it from uh, 12 o'clock to 7, 12 o'clock to 7. Uh, in the evening and uh, during the time uh, the afternoon disco wane a little bit already it's the same old disco it's the same old music and I started to introduce afternoon disco concert I was one of the first who wow. introduced that concept again it's all about hustling creating new yes. ideas it's all about innovation and I started to invite artists and one of the first few artists that I invited in 1987 was Randy Santiago Gratsky yes and we became close friends he's a popular uh, singer in the 1980s and because of that uh, we became uh, close friends and uh, during the time I can still well remember at lunch date there was a person who uh, wasn't present during that time so yeah. I need to be filled in Chinky can you please stand in for this person uh, you need to be an actor today no I'm a producer why should I act <laughs> so wow 
And then during the time, uh, the producer, uh, Chit Guerrero, liked my presence in front of camera, the camera. And then he asked me, why don't you become a semi-regular and since you are always with Randy? And that started mm. everything from 87 to 94. I did 20 plus to 30 movies during that yes. time. Yes. And from there, I stopped and went back again to business, to sales. Yeah. And uh, in 2004, uh, no, 2006, I sold everything uh, in my businesses. The reason why I sold it because I was starting my family and it's taking so much of my time. And mm. in 2008, I reinvented, again, transition to writing, yeah. uh, public speaking, communication. And it started my career right now as a communicator, public speaker, social media personality, radio, yeah. TV host, and the rest is history. And that's amazing. And again, I'll carbon date you a little bit, huh? Because I remember you doing a talk in UST when I was in college. Man. Yes. I swear. That was third year, fourth year. Uh, I was that's, taking up entrepreneurship. That's how old I am right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that. But one thing that I remember vividly is how candid you were on how you weren't what we the, the, the product that we see now. You are a product of multiple failures, hustles, and a lot of persistence that you went through. Mm-hmm. Right. And before again, what we see now is Mr. Ching positive, amazing fountain of knowledge. But a lot of this, I would imagine, were first had information or first hand experience that you had to teach yourself. But what led you to start, you know, because every single pivot is scary in, in terms of entrepreneurship. Because mm-hmm. especially as you, you get used to a certain flow, yes. you know. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you're going to have to pivot again. And you know that there are a lot of dependents that you also have to support. That's always mm-hmm. the scariest part. Because if it's just you, then yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. But mm-hmm. dude, there's this... Everybody else doesn't have that 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 balls to actually yeah. do do that pivot. How did you get through all those major pivots that you go through to, to lead you to where where you are today? Yeah, one thing that I probably uh, acknowledge and really discovered is the only thing that is permanent in this world is change. It's either you wait for things to change you, or the situation to change you, or you voluntarily change. <laughs> it's either right now, uh, look at the industry uh, who, used, who refused to change. They used to be big. They used to be number one. But right now, they're nowhere to be found. Let's talk about the telecommunication industry. Uh, if you can still recall, Pager during that time was huge in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. But they failed to recognize that uh, there's a new technology that can really wipe them out. But they mm-hmm. still refuse to change. If they were just open-minded to change, they should be the globe and the smart and the sun today. SMS, yeah. SMS killed them, the short messaging system. Mm. And one sad thing right now, HBO and all of the cable network used to dominate the entertainment industry, especially the home cable ent- entertainment industry. But yep. right now, with one, uh, just one <laughs> uh, company right. that is not yet even existent physically here in the Philippines, killed their entire business model and that is, that's Netflix. Right. And I do believe likewise uh, it's either you innovate or you evaporate. You do not change. You become extinct. So we need to learn how to read the handwriting on the wall. We right. need to learn how to change before we must mm-hmm. or else you know what? There will be a better one, a brighter one, a faster one, a uh, are uh, a more innovative at the same time yeah. smarter person who can really change your the way you do things. Correct. What 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 makes you take the jump? Because here's here's the the other downside of being an entrepreneur. Most of us just don't give up. We're stubborn that way, right? They'll be like, yeah, kaya pa, we'll get this done. But mm. it's that right more than anything. A lot, the biggest recipe for success, more than again hard work, is timing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to get the timing right because if you come in too early, you might be ahead of your curve and you become the first blood. <laughs> or if you're too late, again, you're you're late now. But what is the right timing that you always seem to nail in the head? 
probably before even the timing, uh, the first thing that probably that you talk about never giving up, it's tenacity, it's persistence, it's yeah. having the grit to really fight no matter what happens. And that's really good. However, you just need to, uh, the way I gauge things, if I work so hard and we want to persist, the biggest question that needs to be answered is this. Is it producing the result that you want or desire? <laughs> if it's not producing the result and the desire that you want, no matter how hard you are working on it, it may say it's not working, it's a dud. You're just fooling yourself. You cannot work hard, but you need to also learn how to work smart. Right. So, so thinking that things will change, and on, in order for things to change, you have to change. In order for th sales to, to go up, you have to really change the way you do things. You keep, if you keep on doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Uh, I, I once heard, yeah, you're called an insane person, right? Yes. So that's talking about that on the result. Because I do believe in terms of timing, uh, if you talk about timing, opportunity comes to those who are prepared. Yes. E even if you have the right opportunity, you have the right timing, but if you are the wrong person and you're doing the wrong things, it's still a wrong timing. That's amazing. <laughs> and and, and, and the, the previous hustles that prepared you for that. So in, in, in the moment that you wanted to do the shift, you were ready. You weren't like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Right? So that's amazing. Now let's take our first break. And when we come back, let's talk about now how to become a better financially responsible founder. Not just a, a person, but a founder. Well, let's talk about that more after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with Chinky Tan. Again, I don't need to intro you about what this guy does. It's just he's everywhere. Books, YouTube, podcast, radio, mass media. He's been trying to help us all out. But before I also talk about how we can be a financially responsible founder, I want to understand when you initially took the jump, Chinky, and this is also what I felt when I started doing this podcasting almost three years ago. There was a massive imposter syndrome. Because no matter how I felt like I knew what to say and I had really good things to, to contribute and to tell people and teach them, 
there was still a part of me like, oh my god, who am I? Why am I doing this? <laughs> did you have that phase, and how did you overcome that? Yeah, everyone has what we call as fear: fear yeah. of the failure, fear of the unknown, fear of the future, fear of what other people might say. Mm-hmm. But one of the greatest fear that really gripped me is the fear that bakawabusan ka ng fira. Yes. In English, fear of being broken poor. Yeah. Um, because I came from again from a not so privileged background, uh, I will do whatever it takes uh, for not to go, me to go back into the same situation, Mm-mm. and that's the reason why I just need to choose uh, two types of fear: fear of not probably living up to the expectation of others, fear of trying new things, or fear of being broke and poor. Yeah. So. <laughs> My desire to succeed in life is greater than my fear of failure. That's one thing that I've learned. If your desire to succeed in life and your desire to really learn is greater than your fear, no amount of fear can grip you. Just like riding a bike. You're familiar with riding a bike despite of you knowing that there will be a chance for you to stumble, fall, get scratches and get wounded and get hurt. You still try to learn. And then when you experience your first fall, You pick yourself up, you try it again until such time you learn. Why didn't you stop? The reason why we never stop riding the bike, trying, is because we want to learn. And the reason why we never stop because the desire to learn how and how to ride is greater than the fear of falling and getting hurt. Yeah. And I, I can totally relate because I came from nothing as well. And I, I said this in your, in your shows before that I, I, was, I was raised by a single mom. She struggled. She was massive debt just to put me, give me an opportunity and put me in the right schools. And I was starting from zero. So again, the fear is I just don't want to get lower than that anymore because mm. I know how hard life is. Mm. And I, I wanted to give my mom a house. That's all I cared about. And eventually, I got it done. But yeah, that fear and most founders are scared. I don't know any founder that is not scared. And that's what jolt you. Because when you know you don't have payroll money, when you know your product is not doing good, you lose sleep and you do something and then all of a sudden you do a eureka moment and you turn the corner. And that eureka moment is what I want to zero in. Because more than the skills, because most people are so enamored by selling their time. They don't productize for scale. And that's what I'm so impressed with what you did because with all that treasure trove of knowledge and experience that you've had, you productized it in multiple iterations, books and whatnot. What led you to create the company uh, surrounding all the information that you did and how did you build the team behind that? Well, talking about that, I still go back again. Uh, I've attended Zig Ziglar session in, in the 90s here in the Philippines. The first and last time he was here in the Philippines, I really invested a lot of money to attend that session. It was gold during the time for me. And uh, one thing that really changed the way I look at things in terms of uh, being as an entrepreneur was he, when he mentioned this statement, just help enough other people to get what they want and you will also get what you want in life. You cannot be profit-oriented, but you got to be mission and vision-oriented. And ever since that I've learned that principle, okay, now I know what I want to do with my life. So I asked myself, um, my past, again, yeah. I came from a not-so-privileged background. And uh, why, did I, uh, what do, why do I have the tenacity to really become wealthy and debt-free? It's because of my pain. So right now, I was able to get out of it. Right now, it's time for me to turn my pain into other people's gain. I will turn uh, my scars into stars. Wow. So that's the reason why it motivated me uh, to share my personal experience. And I told myself that there are a lot of people who used to be just like me, broke, mm-hmm. poor, hungry, at the same time lost, but they don't know what to do and how to start. If mm. so there was there was someone who was willing to share and teach me the step by step guide, I would wow. probably hit my first million at a very at a at a younger age. Mm. So because of that pain, uh, right now I know uh, that I can be of value to other people. So that's a time that I start to teach about uh, finance, mm. and then from there I need to monetize it because. Uh, we need to hire people. As a matter of fact, right. right now, presently, I have over almost 60, 50 plus people in my wow. team. Wow. 
right now. Amazing. Yeah, a lot of people always see me as a brand, but they don't understand the entire team that works exactly. around the brand. Brand, because you just imagine from my three shows, uh, three shows, daily shows, Monday to Sunday, and I have YouTube daily. We release daily YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and okay. we also have a speak engagement. I write mm-hmm. books also, and I do. Crazy. Uh, talks just like when you experience it in UST. I still yeah. average even in times of pandemic at least 150 to 200 in a year. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Unreal. So, yeah, but it's the entire team. So we set up the entire team uh, to be able to function and uh, we call them team positive. Uh, nice. And I'm really so grateful uh, for this opportunity. And I just basically started to help people who used to be in my position. And and then right now it's turned into books, seminars, webinars, uh, YouTube, Facebook, social media, yep. and that's how it all started. That's incredible. That's amazing. But again, now we we know this. I want to understand, and this this is what uh, I I can't really fathom. So I'm I'm currently almost dying trying to run this whole podcast network Asia thing. Plus, again, a little bit of time on Hustle Share. But you're doing so much time. What is your trick to manage the scarcest resource that you have, which is time? The best way for you uh, with regards to time, because in reality, you cannot manage time because time is 24 hours. You cannot make it 25 but before you do time management, I always tell people and ask people, you must learn, first learn how to do priority management. Because even if you're good with time management, you maximize your time. But if you manage the wrong priorities in your life, it's still wrong. Got it. Like, for example, if your boss tells you that this is, your, this is the priority right now, please finish this. And then you finish another task and your boss asks you, and did you finish the task I gave you? No, I finished another task. Why didn't you finish it? <laughs> because I'm doing time management and I need to finish it. <laughs> Even if you are good with time management, but if you manage right. your own priorities. And I do believe my first priority in my life is my relationship with God because it is God wow. who gives me the ability to produce wealth. Apart from Him, I don't think I will have this opportunity and platform. Second is my relationship with my wife. Yep. Uh, and then next, my kids. And then next, extended families. Third is my profession to support my family. Fourth is helping others. And the last, least in my priority is myself. Not in terms of my health, but mm. in terms of what I want and what I desire in life. That should be the least of my priority. So if you manage the priorities right, then I do believe time management will just, com- uh, will just follow. And that's, again, being the selfless leader that you are. And because it takes a lot of, again, um, selflessness to be able to do a business in, in this line. And that's what I want to now find out. So you've had this. And again, you've experienced being a founder, thought founders, thoughts, millions of people around the world. And I want to zero in on how to be financially responsible. Because I, I'll come clean. When I was younger, again, I came from very a rough, rough, rough uh, upbringing. Not because uh, my mom couldn't provide; she provided me with a lot, but I knew what it took to get me that. So mm-hmm. it, it 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 was painful to get uh, to see her struggle so much. But you all kind of bring that to business as well. If you're thinking in scarcity you typically make a lot of bad decisions just because you had less before. Mm. And that's probably one of the worst things you can do because, ah, I'll cash out now. What are the things uh, that you, you teach young startup founders or young business owners, especially in handing their cash flow? When it comes to cash flow, especially in business, as we all know that cash is king. You cannot yeah. operate a business without cash flow. And uh, in terms of preserving and protecting your cash flow, I always tell people, it's not also how much cash flow you have, it's how much cash flow you keep. So it's very important that this is one thing that I've learned as a Filipino-Chinese entrepreneur is to always keep your overhead low. When you're starting, your overhead 
is the major uh, it's the major it's it, it's your major uh, what do you call this lifeline when yeah. i talk about major lifeline even if your sales are good but if your expenses are higher than your their sales you yeah. won't have enough exactly. but even if your sales are bad but if your overhead is low you can still be afloat that's the reason why if you notice most of filipino chinese the ground floor will be the the store and the second floor will be their house uh, that's where they will live yeah. so just in case there's no sale they don't have any to anyway it's just a house rent so they don't have any business rent so mm-hmm. and then if you notice when they were starting they do everything from selling ordering packing they will do everything so that they will not incur any overhead costs wow so if you have really low overhead so you can really survive and try to learn the ropes, try to mm-hmm. learn the process, try to learn the system until such time that you have strong financial cash flow in order for you to hire one person and from one person, you hire another second person to the third person. That's how you do it. Mm. Now, the startup game is kind of against that. I'll, I'll, I'll come clean because startup, startup, tech startups, right, are built for scale fast and there's... And I've, I've. This is the game I play so far. Uh, that we we play the venture capital game, and it's all about you know being able to scale fast and you know uh, play the game of valuations. But in the event that you know uh, you are profitable, which is rare at the start, especially in tech startups, right? Um, what's your advice in taking on investments? Well, it's very important uh, in terms of scaling. I do also believe in scaling. But the most important thing before you even get an investor uh, or probably want to scale, you want to grow, the first thing is do you have already a system that is proven, tested, and is working? That's the first question. Product market fit, right? Yeah. So if the concept is already solid, it, you know, it's, there's a system already. It's not on an experimental stage if it will work or not. If yeah. you have already a proof of concept, all you need to do is just, uh, you just need to have the funds and you mm-hmm. can scale immediately with 50 to 100 people. So be it. I don't have any issue with scaling and then borrowing money. But mm-hmm. if it's really uh, just a proof of concept, you don't even know if it will work or not. You, you don't even know how would the market will react. So it's mm-hmm. so risky for me. I won't even dare to risk just to borrow, to do it. Got it. What if, right? We always expect the best, but we always prepare for the worst. What if it doesn't work? Will mm. it bury you inside the sand and then you will not be able to recover for the rest of your life? That's not the next thing. If you're yeah. an entrepreneur out there and listening to this podcast, always ask this question. Just in case you made a mistake, is it reversible? Mm. If you say it's reversible, go ahead. Take the dive. But if you say it's not reversible, it will take me two years, five years to recover, don't even think about it. Right, it's not it's not worth it, right? But I, I want to understand also because again, um, entrepreneurs, especially tech startups, they don't understand that you know the best way to raise funding always is through profit, right? But in the event that you need funding, there's not only one way to raise it, which is VC money, angel investment. Chinky, based on your experience, what what do you think are the other ways that people can now once they have that product market fit per se? And they're not quite ready because it takes a special type of founder to get funding from a VC or an angel. What are the options that one can look at to start borrowing good debt to fuel your business uh, moving forward? For me, the best way for me to do it is to sell the vision to people who believe in my mission. So I do believe if you believe it in so much and then you see that it works, it will work. At the same time, people believe in what you're doing and people believe in you. I don't think you will have a problem in terms of asking for investors. So the first question probably that you need to also ask yourself is do you believe first also in your product and service? Because you got to believe in the product of the product before you can endorse a product. If you yourself is not sure, uh, you're presenting it to an investor. You can even you cannot even look at him eye to eye. And when you ask when they ask questions, you don't even know how to answer it properly. You will really have a hard time. But if people sees in you that you have the conviction and you know what you're doing, you're willing to die and work twenty four seven. 
you know what? People will line up. People will definitely line up. Because uh, one thing that I've learned in life is this. Once you are burning, people will love to come and watch uh, watch you burn. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's going to be a spectacle and you will be <laughs> the yeah. fireworks that people would look at. Now, let's take our last break. And when we come back, let's pay it forward and ask you practical tips, which you have a ton and a ton of, especially in your, but, but I'll, I'll make it very startup centric. Let's we'll talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay. Hey, 
we're back from the break. We are still with Chinky Tan, who again has told us amazing advice that again, it's not just all about uh, you know, uh, profit, but if you have pro- good product market fit and you believe in your business, that's the best sales pitch for investment that you can get. But other than investment, I want to also understand Chinky because it's not the, the flip side is people will make a ton of mistakes. What are the top mistakes that you typically see on entrepreneurs do, especially in the way they handle their their finances? Number one, getting into something that they do not understand because there's just money in it. Mm. I've seen a lot of people uh, who got into something because there's opportunity. It's the trend. And if you do that, I will tell you, 90% of the things that you're going to do is going to be a wrong one and you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. The second thing that I see entrepreneurs also made or make makes, uh, and even me, I made it before. I've done it before. Is to learn it from our uh, from your own personal mistakes, and especially in business and finance, this one thing that I've learned: learning financial mistakes on your own is costly and painful. Mm. Just imagine if you burn one million, ten million pesos, or hundred million pesos. I may say that's just really painful, mm. and no offense meant. Uh, sometimes it's I don't want to say the word okay I might get into trouble but <laughs> but you know what one thing that I've learned in life is to learn from other people's mistakes and experiences yes, exactly that's the reason why uh, through the years when I want to start something uh, rather than trial and error I would hire the best I will get consultants as part of my capex to be able to start something that I'm not really uh an expert on or probably I'm not familiar mm. because uh, th- th- these people will help me to cut down my learning curve. Correct. And um, so I think these are the two important things uh, that you and I need to learn as entrepreneurs in order mm. for us to be able to increase our chances of succeeding. There's one thing that I remember making a mistake of and I struggled in my early 20s trying to do that. Having the and I always said it, my, my co-founder always said it, that I can't run my startup like a mom and pop. That my my startup cannot be my personal wallet as well. That the cash flow in the startup, I shouldn't siphon money out of it. And that shouldn't be how where I live off of. Because once you start doing that and you don't, again, do a proper salary for yourself, whatever that might be, it it would be a recipe for disaster. And true enough, that was one of the bigger mistakes that I made when my first startup failed. What's your per, uh, perspective in that? In that again, because I've I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs that okay, my money is the the company's money, and I'll take. And then you don't you if you don't have the discipline, you're already stunting the growth of your business. Yeah, let's just uh, probably bring it to a level down of a sari sari store owner. It's just a normal problem. They mix their personal finance with their business finance and to the point that they eat up already their business finance and capital that they won't have enough money to buy for the next stocks and they will run out of stocks. And the reason why the store closed down, it's not because of the lack of customers, but because there's no more inventory for them to sell. And that's really sad. Mm -hmm. It's just like uh, a farmer. You just need to think like a farmer. Have you ever seen a farmer who ate his seeds or seedlings? And then if you did not plant the seed, what will you harvest? So likewise in business, you just need to have the financial discipline to be able to set aside what's really for business and make sure that you need to reinvest the money to make it grow. And what's the intention of a business? It's not for you to make it as a cash cow. The real intention of business for you to make it grow. And one thing that I've learned in business is this, any type of business, and this I hope that you're listening. If your business is not growing, your business is dying. Yes. Because There's no such thing as stagnant only. It's either dying or growing. Yeah, because you're uh, always remember uh, overhead keeps on increasing. Exactly. Uh, people, in terms of people, in terms of system, process, uh, you need to hire more people, you get more people, you need to spend more. And, and in business, one thing that I've learned is you cannot be on a defensive mode. You must always on an offensive mode. It's not cutting down of expenses only that will help you solve your cash flow problem, but also to to be innovative, to change, to think out of the box, and to find 
new opportunities, new markets that you can open in order for you to really uh, win in this uh, in this opportunity. Absolutely, I I totally agree because that's what what I always say also to startup founders like, yeah, okay, you're not scaling yet, but you can't be resting on your laurels and hoping for the right egg to fall because you're gonna have to find your way out there and eventually once you hit upon it, double down and scale, right? Because if you're always scared and it's like oh abangers we'll do abangers <laughs> there's no such thing it will never hit you you mm-hmm. know the luck hits the those ones in motion right and you you have to always be on the lookout for those opportunities but one thing i also am super amazed with you chinky and to pay it for it and a lot of entrepreneurs need to know this is you never seem to run out of new things to teach and you continuously learn what's what's with this voracious appetite and how do you keep learning in order to teach because it's it's one thing to learn but to keep it to yourself but when you learn and still teach because that's that's basically the job of a startup founder when you learn something it can't be stuck with you you have to upskill your team so that they learn what you know as well mhm I really appreciate that, and uh, oftentimes people say that they think that I'm really smart. Uh, I think you're wrong. <laughs> the reason why I believe that uh, I'm learning, I'm growing, because I always surround myself with smarter people, correct? Better people. I always tell myself, if I'm the smartest inside the room, I'm with the wrong crowd, because I will not grow beyond myself. So I have to surround myself with people who are more energetic, who are more creative who are more smarter, who are more uh, technical savvy. Uh, if I surround myself with these people, these people can bring me up. And uh, it's a win-win situation. Win-win situation because I have the platform, I have the brand name, and they have the skills, they have the talent. Uh, and then if we work together, it's a win-win team. That's amazing. And that's true. Just like any team you need to assemble, you can't be the superstar. I mean, yes, you are the leader. But in order to give your uh, your startup a best chance to win, you need to uh, hire people that are better than you mm-hmm. on on a lot of things. Because again, your job is to make them grow. Because your company's growth is as only as good as your team's growth as well. Not, but what more than anything, if even if you do have the ability to learn, but if you're not able to get buy-in and persuade people, which is you're absolutely amazing, legendary in this in persuading and communicating the right thing so that it sticks, that there's action taken. It's not just like, ah, okay, whatever, right? And that's the most important thing. How? What's your style and what's your tips in making sure that as a leader or as an entrepreneur, what you say sticks to your people and there's immediate action that gets done? Yeah, I, I always uh, tell people and I subscribe to this idea. Leadership is not about title. It's not about position. It's not because you are the first there. You are the boss. You're the manager. But leadership is all about the word called influence. And I got this from John Maxwell. Because even if you have the title in position, but if people do not follow you, you do not influence the lives of others, you're not a leader. Yeah. If you If you go to a place and when you turn around and and when no one's following you're just taking a walk <laughs> mm, what's more important is uh, are you able the question that you need to ask yourself is are you able to influence the people that are surrounding or that you that are around you and the best way for you to know if you are influencing them if they are following you without you even telling them what to do and the best fa- form of leadership is for me is through leadership by example and uh, if you want your people to work longer hours and you must be the first man in and the last man out. Yep. You cannot be an absentee leader. You cannot be a late leader. <laughs> you cannot be a leader who always tell people what to do, but you don't do what, you, uh, what needs to be done. That's it. That's the best thing. You see an action speak louder than right there. But last, last couple of questions. What are the tools? What are the secret tools that you like to use in order for you to become efficient as an entrepreneur yourself because again you have the brand you have the thing but at the end of the day you are a ceo you're running this whole thing but what are the things you like to use in order to keep uh, to ru- keep running a tight ship yeah definitely i have a team who does it for me we use system like slack yep. <laughs> we use slack. system yeah 
And we uh, use notions in our meetings, wow. in our projects. Yes, uh, it really helped us a lot to get in touch with everyone in the team. Every time when do, we do a project, there's a process already, there's a system. But let me tell you, it took us almost nine years, nine years to wow. really develop this. This was not done overnight because, again, there was no, no one who, uh, who can really share with us and probably willing to share with us their information and probably the process. So we have to start it from scratch. Mm-hmm. And we use a lot of AI technology. Nice. AI technology is the key mm-hmm. because uh, especially when it comes to research work, Mm-hmm. Rather than hiring people, and then uh, people have limits, but AI mm-hmm. doesn't have limits. Right. And so we use a lot of AI technology, even with graphics, with design, we use definitely the big C. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. I'm sure you're very familiar with that. Uh-huh. Uh, I always tell people, especially uh, people who are purists, and say, uh, you know, I don't need to use that because uh, I can do it from on my own. Well, you can do it on your own, but it will take you probably two hours, three hours to do it. But if you just use a template and put your own, uh, put your own design and put your own uh, what do you call taste and brand mm-hmm. in it, I think it will do it in less than fifteen to twenty minutes. Exactly. And the one that really prevents people from really growing is, I do believe, uh, Ron and everyone who's listening here, especially if you are a CEO and a founder, please. Don't allow pride to set in because once pride sets in, everything falls. Uh, everything will not, uh, it will not grow. So I always, again, use technology for your advantage. Don't, uh, don't allow it to do, uh, don't allow it to um, do it the other way around. That Correct. Sometimes people become slaves to technology rather than making uh, technology to become a, what, a slave for them. That's amazing, and again, just just some. I have I'm already idolized you, but I'm way 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 more impressed now, knowing that you utilize the right tools, you know, that help you scale and automate uh, a lot of what you do. But last question before I let you go, you've given so many people great learnings and great advice, but I'm very curious one thing, and I haven't asked this uh, in a long time. What's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice that I've ever received is to, again, keep on learning. And I've heard this from a great person by the name of Mr. Francis Kong. He told me once, yeah, if you want to earn a six-digit income, make sure you learn from people who's making six-digit income. Correct. (laughs) Don't be surprised if you're stuck with your five-digit income because you're still surrounded by people who's making five-digit income. If you want to earn a seven-digit income per month, you surround yourself with people who's making seven-digit income. If you want to earn an eight-digit income, surround yourself with people who are earning eight-digit income. So again, uh, the hunger to learn, that's number one. And number two is the hunger to succeed. You know, Ron, probably, and this is the last thing that I want, I want to leave you with you guys, mm-hmm. is the day when I was 12 years old, when I was broke and poor and had nothing, the same hunger for success, the tenacity and the desire to succeed, I still have that burning passion up to this very day. <laughs> it never yeah. waned. It never faltered. As a mm-hmm. matter of fact, it keeps on growing every single day because... Right now, with technology, with tools, with resources, there's so many, so much, so many things that I can do compared to before. I had nothing. There's no internet, nothing. Mm-hmm. So right now, I count it really as a blessing that I can really do more. But once that passion, that tenacity, that hunger dissipates, believe me, everything will start to change. No, absolutely, and that's the real hustler in you. Because again, I I, I can relate. Yes, there are going to be times that that fire might die down a little bit because it's it's the rough times, but it never, you know, it never disappeared, and that's that's important as a hustler, as a as a founder, and as an entrepreneur that you always keep nurturing and feeding that fire. Again, thank you so much, Shinky, for such an amazing episode. And for guesting on Hustle Share. But before I let you go, if people want to reach out to you, you want to invite you over to speak and again find you 
Uh, where do they go and how do they do that? Well, all you need to do is just follow me at my social media account. And as a bonus, guys, I want to share with you uh, talking about uh, if you want to have a startup, if you want to, you have a brilliant idea, but you just don't know where to start and how to start. And the good news is I want to give uh, your listeners right now a free, yeah, it's a free webinar. It's a 30-minute webinar. And I will share with them the five M's, the five M's that you need to learn and know in order for you to create your first million. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, the five M's. Uh, I'll just give you one idea. The first M is having the right mindset. Yes. That's where it all starts because success and failure starts in the mind. Okay? So the next four M's, if you want to learn more, all you need to do is just go to Chinch. Free.com. That's chinkfree.com, C-H-I-N-K-F-R-E-E.com. And you can subscribe for free and watch my 30-minute video yep. and uh, learn from it. Absolutely. It. Again, if you didn't catch that, if you're driving or you're biking or whatever, it's going to be in the show notes on hustleshare.com. Again, thanks, Chinky. But again, before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any type of podcast app, we're probably there. And again, I said it, it's going to be everything that we said or if any jargon that we mentioned is going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And if you want to also hang out with all the other Hustleshare listeners, it's going to be the Hustleshare community on Facebook. Again, Chinky, thank you very much. Thank you, Ron. Thank you very much to all hustlers out there. All right, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. I mean, Bjork. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>